February 16th, 2007. Coming up, we've got Martin Buckley in the studio, and he's going to tell us a little bit about where the Zenworks team is going with Vista support and when it'll be around. He's also going to fill us in on what the Zenworks team is doing for Novell Brain Share this year, and that's all coming at you right now on Novell Open Audio. Welcome to Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. I'm your host, Ted Hager. And I'm Caitlin Jens. Caitlin, welcome back. How you been? Good. How have you been, Ted? Good. Now, we lost Aaron again. He's somewhere off in Texas. He's not in the hospital this time, though. <laughs> so, Ted, I hear you were down at Linux Expo. You got any news from down there? SoCal Linux Expo. Yeah, we actually just came back from L.A. Aaron and I went down there. We presented on Zen Virtualization. We actually showed ZenWorks Orchestrator while we're down there as well, which is the What's thing. What's ZenWorks Orchestrator? ZenWorks or We haven't had it on this show yet. We only did a Novell press release about that we're going to do some stuff with ZenWorks Orchestrator. It hasn't been covered a whole lot, but it's this really cool product that actually allows you to manage multiple machines and workloads on them. So you can like bring online new machines as like, say, your Oracle server's CPU utilizations or input-output gets up to a certain point. You can have that trigger bringing up another machine to help balance the load and handle more throughput on things. So we actually showed a demo where Aaron showed this orchestrator working on multiple virtual machines and multiple physical machines as well. Can you switch from a virtual to a physical? Um, I don't think it does migrations like that yet. That's like one of the future things I think they're going for. So on the virtual, was it like with XEN or how was it done? Yeah, the virtual machines were using Zen and we actually Uh showed XEN on that. But we also showed a whole bunch of different stuff of like you've got one machine that's running say Oracle, another one running Apache, and another one running some kind of web logic stuff. And then Aaron has like a little tool where he can increase the load on them uh-huh. so that the policy kicks off, spins up more of these machines, maxes out all resources, and then he's got a higher priority service which can't go down. And as its utilization goes up, the uh, orchestrator actually does the job of stealing resources, repurposing machines toward the high priority task that has to happen, this other fourth Wow. Path. Yeah, and it's all this cool logic stuff that doesn't. We got to show that demo. Aaron does a great job with that demo. Um, We're probably going to try to take that one up to the next Linux festival that we're going to, which is in Bellingham, Washington, coming up at the end of April. So it's like April 28th and 29th, I think. So, in fact, we should talk about seeing whether you can do a Linux core dump session or something like that. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. So, you know, one other funny thing happened. What? Well, all winter long, there's been just like, well, actually, for the past two years, injuries have been happening to Aaron and I. It's like just... You know, I've been on the off the injury list for a while. That's really good because, yeah, you were all busted up from like a bike race or something. Yeah. Right? Oh, actually, apart from my shoulder surgery, I guess I've been out because of shoulder surgery. Okay. Aaron had the shoulder surgery. Oh, he had two? Yeah. He just did recently. Know. That's why he was in the ultra sling too. He also had broken a <laughs> carpal in his thumb. Last winter, I managed to tear my medial collateral ligament, MCL. I don't even know what it's called. This is not a show about medicine, by the way. This is just, it just happens to be that way. (laughs) So anyway, the people down there actually commented, hey, it's good to see you out of your sling, Ted, or your uh, knee brace, Ted. And then 
we had to comment. Well, Aaron's been in a couple things late. There were no injuries at SoCal Linux Expo between Aaron and I. And this so you is guys a, behaved yourself while you were down there. We managed to somehow. Okay, <laughs> okay, so anyway, we need to get into our first interview today. So I hear you were off talking to Martin. Yeah, we were Mr. off Mr. Buckley. Yesterday we had Martin Buckley in the studio here. Aaron and I got to interview Martin. And we talked all about Zenworks and Vista. But before we get into the interview, we should talk a little bit about what Zenworks is. Hmm. Yes, that's a very interesting... <laughs> yeah, you don't deal with Zenworks very much from your end of support, right? You know, I do. I do deal with it. I don't... I've configured it, and I will help troubleshoot things. I'll read core dumps and crash dumps that are tied in with Zenworks, but... Um, so I have an understanding of what it does. You're a techie chick, though. You don't have the elevator marketing pitch, do you? No, unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's just put it out to people this way. Zenworks is part of Novell's family of systems and resource management products. And it started with desktop management for Windows years and years ago. I was actually a product evangelist for Zenworks. It manages today. That's like with Intel Land Desk, right? That's how it started. That was the manager. Oh, hang on. That's the back end. That's the back end Actually, stuff. you know what? You're not, if those people have been around Novell long enough would actually know that Intel once owned Landesk and that Landesk and ManageWise were actually on the same CD from Novell packaged. And later, no, that partnership kind of I shouldn't apart. say things like that because people have an idea of my age now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that partnership broke apart and Novell went down a different route and started making directory-enabled management software. And that became Zenworks. We started That's doing, like Zen for servers now, right? There was a Zen for servers, or Zenworks for servers, we should call it, because now there's XEN. But there's Zenworks oh, for true. desktops. And those have now been combined into the Zenworks suite. And so it's now just Zenworks. There's not really four desktops or four servers. There's also Zenworks Linux management. We had Tim Crabb a couple weeks back on the show, and he talked about what that was doing, especially with regard to SLED, SUSE Linux Enterprise Desktop. We've also had Zenworks for handhelds, which is now just integrated into the product and can mm -hmm. manage like your Palm for and your devices. your PDAs, yeah. yeah mm. Exactly. And then there's also the Zenworks patch management. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's in there too, isn't it? So if you can manage workstations, though, you're talking about remote control. You're talking about... Inventory. Policies and lockdowns and things mm -hmm. like that. Deploying apps and those kind of things. So pushing out your applications to the right users and things. All that kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff that Zenworks does. But then, of course, a big market disruption happened. And nobody could see it coming because nobody thought it would ever really happen. Microsoft released a new operating system. <laughs> yeah, it was a tiny bit in the works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Vista finally comes out, you know, and uh, we're just a few years after XP. And <laughs> now we've got people, some of our administrators dealing with Vista in their environment. And, of course, there's those early adopter users that they have that are saying to IT, we want Vista, we want Vista. And so the Zenworks team actually was feeling a little bit of the pressure on this one saying, hey, where is the support for Vista? So Martin wanted to come on the show and sort of lay it down and give us an idea of what's what with Vista. Sounds good. He'd be the guy to do it. Yep. That's what this interview is about. Let's check it out. In the studio, Aaron and I have got Martin Buckley, the Director of Product Management for Zenworks and all of the... What is the division called these days, Martin? Hey, Ted. Hey, Aaron. It's Systems and Resource Management, which right. basically means if it's a server or a desktop, we'll try and manage it for you. Okay. And our big reason for having you here today, Martin, is we know you've got a product uh, codenamed Pulsar right now, your next big version of Zenworks. Mm -hmm. What's yes. going on with Vista? Oh, so Support from Pulsar to Vista. Vista. Okay. Yep. We are readying Zenworks, this next version as you describe, to fully support Vista on the workstation. 
So people have got it in their hands. We said we'd have a release shortly after Vista was available, and Pulsar is going to be it. Okay, so first you mentioned Foley support. What does that mean? All of Zenworks functions. Software okay. distribution, policy management, remote control, inventory, image deployment, personality migration, as you maybe move your machines from Windows 2000 or XP, all of that is going to be available for Vista. So the equivalent of dynamic local user or DLU in Vista? Yeah, so um, dynamic local user will be tied into the Novell client, Okay. which I believe Jason Williams talked about just a few short weeks ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have Client32 and Client64, the 64-bit version of the client, tying in with Zenworks Pulsar, providing dynamic local user on Vista. So for that, with dynamic local user, that's creating a user on the local machine in its local database so you don't have to have Active Directory or some kind of directory service on the back end. We talked also a few weeks ago to Dale Olds on the Bandit project. He talked about the authentication mechanism being card space. Do you know whether the client's going to actually be allowing that when you're using something like dynamic local user? So we hooked natively into the Windows credential providers on Vista for dynamic local user and also for taking any of the user information, the primary user information in Pulsar. So we don't really care how the user logs in. We'll plug into that chain. So specifically to your question, we will actually be using the common authentication services layer, the CASA plugins, on the client to actually do all of this work for us. So if this plugs into Cardspace, absolutely we'll be there. Okay, and how about I assume we take advantage of the new elevated privileges for doing installations? Natively from the first moment you touch the Vista machine. So all of the UAC, all of the user account control pieces and the elevated privileges, we can push down the Vista Pulsar client, so the Zenworks client for Pulsar, we can push this down requiring no admin privileges on the box at all. And it will actually prompt the user, if you set this for interactive work, do you want to run as an admin? Click yes, and away you go. So day one, that's built in. How different is it for distributing applications with Zenworks to get them to a Vista machine? Is it significantly different? Has the whole installer process become a lot different that people have to get used to? Or will some of their Zenworks skills that they know and love be transferable onto the new platform? Oh, so Ted, there's a lot of things we can talk about here. We could take hours talking about how Zenworks Pulsar... Well, you have five minutes. I've got five minutes. Okay. So... For the end user, which is the most important part, nothing changes. They see icons delivered down to their desktop in the now window on their desktop, wherever you put them. They click, they install, they launch, they repair, just as Zenworks has always done. So for the end user, which is the major cost and the major expense of having systems out there, nothing changes. Nice. For the administrator, Uh we've made a few small changes and really around the software packaging formats we support. So for Pulsar, we are moving to native MSI support only. So we're getting rid of the snapshot tools that we had traditionally in Zenworks. Can we take a second real quick and explain why we're moving away from snapshot? Okay, I'll cover that. So we're moving only to MSI support because it's the de facto standard now. Applications delivered and packaged for Vista need to be MSI packaged to get the Vista, yes, it runs on Vista support. We saw that pretty much up from Windows 2000. Oh, that that's uh, been progressing. Seven years ago, Ted, we were, we were talking about MSI support and moving out with Office. Right. Today, everything on Vista is MSI packaged, really. Okay. So we will support MSI packages as our native packaging format. We will continue to have 
MSI packaging tools inside the Zenworks product, and that's from a partnership with Macrovision, who you may know better as Install Shield. But also, we'll have very, very strong migration tools to move you from your snapshot applications to MSI packages for Pulsar. So that's really where we are with MSI support. But when you move off of MSI support, or when you move to MSI support, when you leave behind the snapshot tool and you leave behind the AXT file, which used to be our way of packaging mm-hmm. applications before Microsoft learned from Novell, and I do mean that literally, mm-hmm. uh, learned from Novell how to actually distribute applications, it seems like you're leaving behind something where people can actually make just small changes to a machine as configuration changes that they could do with a snapshot before and after. It didn't have to be an application you were deploying. Maybe you just wanted to capture some registry changes and things like that. Do you see that as something that administrators are going to lose? No, we're still keeping that in there. So for simple changes, registry changes, a few files needed to be distributed, or really anything that's a tweak on the box, we still have the ability to do simple file distributions or registry tweaks or any of those things as well. So overall, I see... The discovery tool. The discovery tool was the snapshot tool. And that's what I'm really looking at. Is there a discovery tool for... Sometimes you don't know where the change was made, whether it was in a a config file or whether it was in the registry or anything like that. And without the discovery tool, it seems like you lose that. So inside the MSI Packaging Studio, the Macrovision Studio, we do have some discovery tools that will find those for you. So you could package those as MSIs or go and see what's actually being changed. But you know... Software packaging and change management, we recommend to people lots of tools like you know Sysmon and Filemon from Systems Internals, as well as lots of other tools to find these things out there. And you know what, Ted? You can probably still run you know traditional Zenworks 7 snapshot to find what the changes are and then put those straight into uh, Pulsar as well. Oh, but the big story that you're saying there is, even though they might not have the snapshot tool on the new version for Vista, they're still going to be able to have discovery tools through the Macrovision. Yeah, I don't see anything going away in terms of software distribution when you get to Pulsar. It's going to be easier to use, easier to deploy, and also easier to migrate to. We're going to be able to get you to Pulsar very, very easy using our migration tools. Okay. So I've got a question for you, Martin. Mm-hmm. If I'm a current Zenwork 7 customer, mm-hmm. why do I need to roll out the new version of Pulsar that's not even released yet to support Vista? Why couldn't you just add the Vista support to the existing code? So we originally looked at adding Vista support into Zenworks 7, just like we did for Windows XP or you know, Windows 2000 as we moved from NT4. And you know what? It's very, very different. You know, I've talked to hundreds of customers in the last six months who have been looking at Vista in the beta, in the release candidate, and now with shipping products since you know, the end of last year. And every customer I've talked to has said, we thought this would be very similar to XP. We'd be able to reuse a lot of our knowledge. But under the hood, it's totally, totally different. Different security architecture, different user account control, all of the elevated privileges. They're really going back to bare bones and saying, we're going to look at how we manage, how we deploy, and also what we actually manage on top of the Vista machines. Because you know a lot of people are using this as yet another consolidation exercise for the applications that need to run on these machines. They're really slimming down. So we actually looked at how much work it would be to support on Zenworks 7. And we could have done a a Windows XP kind of management for it, but Vista deserves a little bit better. So we actually did a very good, strong job inside Pulsar. And talking to customers, they're very grateful because that fits in with their own deployment plans. It's starting off with the small pilots, moving on to larger deployments in a department. And then as business needs say, you know, maybe new machines, start rolling out Vista or even SLED across the enterprise. And at that point, you know, when you start seeing a critical mass, Zenworks is ready to manage the mixed environment, the legacy windows, the Vista, but also 
the sled machines. And that's SUSE Linux Enterprise Desktop. SUSE Linux Enterprise sled. Desktop, yeah. Now, I, I know you're going to hit on an awful lot of this stuff at BrainShare, but if you can just give me a, a good idea. Right now, let's say I'm a current Zenwork 7 customer. I've got 7 deployed. It's out managing all my Windows boxes, my Linux boxes in my environment. And now I'm starting to be asked about Vista. We've got a couple new machines that have come in that have Vista on it, and my management wants to know what I can do. What are the proper steps for me to do? Oh, so, so Aaron, I'll, I'll answer your questions about BrainShare as well later. Make, make sure you ask me about what we're doing at BrainShare, because this is the BrainShare about Zenworks Pulsar. Okay. But specifically, say you're getting machines coming in from your hardware vendor with Vista on there, or you know, you've got executives who are coming in, sneaking in with Vista on their machines. What is the best process? Well, like anything that sneaks in through the back door, try and get a grip. Understand what you have. Zenworks Asset Management today, Zenworks Asset Management version 7.5 that we released at the end of last year, supports Vista already. You can take inventory and asset management from Vista machines, so you can report on what they're doing. The second thing about Zenworks Asset Management 7.5, you can produce Vista readiness reports for your hardware. Ted, I know you're the SUSE Linux Enterprise Desktop guy. We can also do SUSE Linux Enterprise Desktop readiness reports as well. In fact, I even saw a report in there that shows you machines that are not Vista-ready but are SLED-ready. And that's cool. That's very, very cool. That's always cool about so, SLED. Yeah, so already in the portfolio of products that our customers are able to use, we have Vista support in the asset management components. Now, for the machines that are sneaking in, what do you do? Well, Pulsar, we are currently in beta. We'll be announcing availability and dates and all the other good things at BrainShare just in a few weeks from now. But really, the simple thing, if you've got 500 or 1,000 Vista machines in your environment, a small Pulsar environment, a couple of servers, will easily, easily support that load. Uh, can that coexist with my Zenwork 7 that I've currently got deployed? You can coexist that very, very easily. You can run this on Open Enterprise Server version 2, which again is in beta right now and shipping very soon or run it on SLES 10, or you can run it on Windows 2003 server. So really what you're talking about is keeping my existing Zenworks 7 in now, pulling in currently a beta of Pulsar, mm -hmm. or maybe the released code when mm -hmm. it's finally A released. small pilot just to manage the Vista machines that come in, and then over time migrate your Zenworks 7 or Zenworks 6.5 infrastructure to Pulsar, bringing across you know, software packages, bringing across your policies and your inventory and all the other pieces into the Pulsar environment, still making use of your investment in Novell technologies and moving forward on the new architecture. We need to do just a whole dedicated episode on Pulsar, what's in it, and then probably even another one on migration. But I know one of the cool things that I saw last week internally was a bunch of the cool migration utilities that you guys are working on so that we're not going to lose all that work that you've done in your Zenwork 7 environment, right? Absolutely. So one of the things I've been talking about for around six months is migration is key. How to get people from their existing Zenworks investment, whether it's Zenworks for desktops 4 or Zenworks 6 or 6.5 or you know, really Zenworks 7, which is where the majority of our customers are today, to Pulsar. So we've actually spent a lot of time with engineers, with customers, and built a very, very cool migration tool. The migration tool runs on a Windows workstation. You point it at your Zenworks tree, your e-directory tree running Zenworks, and you could be as simple as, say, drag-drop and drag all of your information from Zenworks out of e-directory into the Pulsar system. And automatically, your applications get repackaged, your policies will get moved across, all of your associations in e-directory, Ted, get brought across as well. That's very nice. Even your images, your workstations, move across into Pulsar 
I'll be showing this at Brainshare with probably more than a couple of mouse clicks, but you could take a typical Zenworks environment for a small customer, you know, maybe a few hundred workstations and drag, drop, migrate them in a couple of hours. That's pretty good, knowing that you guys have gone to a whole new architecture with this. But let's switch gears. Let's actually look at a different side of this. You've mentioned Brainshare a few times, Aaron brought it up. We want to talk a little bit more about that as a closer. You've got a pretty good-sized team as far as your Zenworks people goes. Most of the engineers are here in Utah, right close to the Salt Palace. Mm -hmm. What kind of things should people who are going to Brainshare and are Zenworks fans, what should they be looking at? What should they be looking for that the Zenworks team is going to do? Well, so first of all, we're bringing engineering people in from all over the globe for Brainshare, from our Bangalore team in India, from New Hampshire, from our inventory and asset management team, and also from, uh, obviously, Provo, Utah. So what should people be looking for? We have very cool keynotes, which we're, we're working on right now, yep. to demonstrate Pulsar and some of the integration work we're doing. I think people see those on Wednesday if we happen to stay to the schedule that we're currently planning on. So Wednesday is uh, Zenworks and uh, Identity Demo Day. That would be fantastic. But the key thing I'll, I'll really emphasize, technical sessions. We have, I think, 30... breakout sessions. Breakout sessions. So we have more than 30 very, very technical very demo-oriented technical breakout sessions at Brainshare this year. And they range from Zenworks Overview and Futures, which is what we do every year, to very, very detailed migration, architecture, planning sessions for Pulsar, information about the new Zenworks orchestration server, information about packaging MSIs and doing work on migrating your, your snapshots to MSIs, to really best practices and how you can actually get these things running in the real world today. So with the other sessions that we have, Birds of a Feather sessions, which are really community-focused events around Zenworks and things you know, you as a customer and you as a user of Zenworks probably want to get out of, you know, go talk. Go talk to your peers and understand what pain they have and what successes they're having and you know, share ideas. Meet the Experts is also a place where people can uh, share ideas more one-on-one oh, -on -one with you. Meet the Experts, you know, come meet product management, engineers, documentation writers, anybody who knows anything about Zenworks, come down and, you know, share the love. With a beer. With a beer or beverage of your choice. That's, that's probably the appropriate way of saying that. And then finally, the Technology Lab. Every part of Zenworks, current product and also future product will be demoed in the Technology Lab. You can come down and have a very, very first look at Pulsar, see how this thing looks, how you can move to it. We're going to have a ton of stuff at Brainshare, Ted. And we, the geeky people, always say that the Tech Lab is one of those places that if, you know, when you're burned out on sessions and things, but you still want to learn a lot of stuff, go in there and either listen to conversations people are having in there and just sort of tune in, or if you have a laundry list of questions you've been dying to assault somebody with, that's a great spot to do it, right? Absolutely. I'd urge everybody who's got the geeky side of them, bring their laundry list of questions. So with that, Martin, thanks very much for coming in. Aaron, did you have any more questions for him? No, that's it. Thanks a lot, Martin. Hey, All thanks, right. and I'll see you again soon about Pulsar. All right. That's pretty much it for the interview with Martin on Vista Support and Zenworks. So I think it's time for listener feedback. Let's do listener feedback. Uh, Rochambeau, who should go first? Uh, how about you? All right, fine. Our first one is from our good friend, Norm O'Neill, our second most avid listener here. And he actually gave us some feedback on our interview about Zenworks Linux management. He says, excellent interview, which I, I'll question him on that part of his judgment. <laughs> but... Uh, 
It will be difficult. You were involved in that, Ted, not me, right? Exactly. <laughs> it will be difficult to live up to our Zenworks for desktops, but we will hang in there. ZLM should be sweet as long as we are patient. There is a huge demand for this product in Indiana. And then he says, see the Indiana Access Program. Now, Norm... What's, what's the Indiana Access Program? Norm is the guy actually in Indiana who is at one of the Novell Platinum resellers there. And he's got a lot of the school systems of Indiana. And you might remember a couple of years ago, Indiana was in the news for choosing to go with a Dell slash Intel slash Novell Linux desktop deployment for all their students there. Oh, wow. So I think it's something really like good. a million seats that they were going to do throughout the entire school system cool. of Indiana. Yeah. And they put Novell Linux desktop in there. Now they're doing the sled stuff. Uh-huh. And so they can upgrade their Liz machines? Uh-huh. Apparently, I actually got to do a presentation of Susan Linux Enterprise desktop out there and met uh, one of the top IT guys from that organization, from the schools. And uh, he was really excited about it and looking forward to Ooh, deploying it. Oh, cool stuff. Yeah. So anyway, Norm's going to be deploying... Uh, I guess, ZLM out there, or Zenworks Linux Management. He says it should help him manage out there. Oh, well, that'd be really good if when he's got it all up and running, we should have him in to have a chat with him about it. I agree. That's a good idea. Okay, Norm, there it is. Caitlin just challenged you. You get this thing deployed. We want you as a guest on Novell Open Audio <laughs> to tell us how the deployment worked out. Oh, you know, Norm, we could even give you a T-shirt as well. Norm's got a Novell wardrobe. Well, we've got to add to it. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll send that out there. So, Norm, we're sending you yet another Novell Open Audio shirt. Send us an email. Let us know what size and where to, Norm. What else you got? I have somebody who is commenting on the pronunciation of FSTAB. Which F-stab? Is, oh, my goodness me. No, no FSTAB. That just grates on my nerves. I can't hear that. No, it's FSTAB. This has to be in response to Randy and Dave because Randy has been calling it FSTAB. Oh, it's just wrong. It's just wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> but, you know, as we've got a response here from a comment by DNS, not quite sure who that is, it says it's the file system table. That's what it stands for, file system table, so FSTAB. FSTAB. No, Ted, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because we get this from people all the time. You guys said Etsy. It's not Etsy. And I don't even know what you'd call it besides Etsy. But oh, I've gotten into the habit of doing Etsy. I might be wrong there. I'm just getting lazy. I think that's the Australian in me. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot of pronunciations for different things out there. But STAB is wrong. At least we've got, okay, fine, but at least we've gotten (laughs) to the point where people aren't saying Linux and Linux, but they're just saying Linux these days. I don't hear Linux as much. Huh, I'd never even heard that. And apparently Torvalds once did a pronunciation thing and he said it was pretty much Linux. Linux, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, here's one. We've got Steve Druck sending us a comment. And Steve apparently is in Israel because he says, now you are finally feeling our pain. I love something that starts with that. <laughs> um, here in Israel, daylight savings time changes every year. Twice a year, we fight the issue of incorrect appointment times. And of course, people make the people most affected are upper management that control oh, the money and make the decisions. Terribly unhappy to hear that. Yeah. So Steve's responding to the group-wise special alert episode we did about mm-hmm. uh, the all the daylight saving times. Maybe stuff. we could fix it for everybody but upper management. <laughs> no, but he, what he's saying is they control the purse strings. They're the ones that, you know... Oh, yeah, no, I know. If, if group-wise <laughs> messes them up, they're going to go, oh, it's going to exchange, and it's going to have the exact same problem because mm. it's both systems are tied to uh If you say so, Ted, I'm not the guru on... 
So Exchange. Anyway, uh, Steve, we'll tell you what. Now that we've seen this affect more places, in fact, Caitlin, you were saying before we started recording uh, something about... We used to see problems in Australia. I mean, it's been a little while since I dealt with them, but yeah, we would see problems in Australia. Like, so you were postulating that you thought it was Adelaide or something? I, like I think Adelaide had a couple different time zones, and Queensland would do different daylight savings time stuff from the rest of the East Coast, and so, yeah, we would see issues. Okay, so, I mean, this is something that's not just affecting Israel here. It's affecting Australia as well, and it's affecting probably a few other places. And now with the changes going on for the whole daylight saving, energy saving stuff. Well, so it's possible it'll change even more in the future. And Steve's point in this was that we should probably not be tying to UTC quite as tightly, but should have some intelligence built into those timestamps that also includes local time as well. You know, I probably need to go and have a chat with the groupwise people and see if we can maybe put an RFE or so a request for enhancement in there, because I think that would make sense. So, Steve, we'll actually drop a note to the groupwise guys and mention to them. They're good friends of Novelop and Audio. Give us a few interviews. And so we'll put your comments to them and see what they say. What else you got, Caitlin? So we've got a comment by Russ, and he would like to know what's happening in SLED and SLES 10 SP1 for both. He wants to know about how about a review of what's due to be in it, what the end user will see change-wise. Oh, man, this is all gimme, gimme, gimme. What what more can we do? Um, <laughs> so that's actually one that I've been looking at a little bit. I've been following the betas as we've gone into beta cycles internally for SUSE Linux Enterprise Desktop. Uh-huh. I've been following that along and sort of starting to blog some of the changes. In fact, today I posted my first blog video, and I don't know if it's going to work well, but it actually shows changes in the main menu. That was a real popular blog post I did last year and then wanted to follow it up and show the main menu and the improvements in the interface. I've, I've been doing a little bit of blogging of that, but I'm hoping to blog for a little while, but I think we got to get some people to interview in here, huh? Oh, it'd be really good if we could get Guy in to do the Sled 10 stuff. Guy would be good for the Sled 10. I don't know when he'll next be here that we can get him actually He should be here for BrainShare, right? Maybe we can hit him up at BrainShare. Oh, man, that's such a busy time. Yeah, maybe. And then maybe Holger Deeroff or somebody like that can get us the Sled side of things. You're already looking at Sled's though, right? Yeah, I've been installing the, um, the Sled 10 beta. And any any big changes, anything that you've noticed so far? Um, well, to be quite honest, I've predominantly been doing the Cypress testing, so I've been focusing more on that. So. Cypress being Open Enterprise Server the Open 2. Enterprise 2, yeah. Okay. So, Russ, uh, we will uh, look into getting some support pack or service pack 1 information out on Novellop and Audio. We'll probably be hitting some of that stuff after BrainShare. I'm not certain on that, but uh, that's probably the timelines because features will be a little bit better locked down then. Until then, you can follow my blog at reverendted.wordpress.com, and I'll be posting some some stuff on SLED, and you'll probably also find some other things at Cool Blogs and Novell's website, so that's novell.com forward slash cool blogs, because a few other people will probably start blogging features as well. And then we'll get in on Novell Open Audio when we can. And that's pretty much it, I think, for what we have for listener uh, feedback right now, right? That's all I've got for you. Okay, so with that, that's pretty much it for the show, I think. So uh, let's do the outro. It goes something like this. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Users International in conjunction with Novell Incorporated. All of our content that we cover is pretty much guided by our listening audience. That's you. So if you give us feedback on the website, you may hear yourself on the air. We owe a few people t-shirts from this day where we uh, read several different people's feedbacks to us. That's pretty much it for this time. We'll see you next time. <laughs>